0: Well hello and welcome to another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. My name is Chandra. I'm your host. Thank you for being here and listening to another episode, unless this is your first episode and if so, an extra special welcome to you. Today's episode I'm excited to get into because today is another interview episode as part of the career change interview series that I'm doing where I'm speaking with a range of fabulous and interesting women who've made significant career change after the age of 40. And today we're speaking with the lovely Belle Ryan. How are you, Belle? I'm great.
1: Thank you for this opportunity. I'm really excited to share some of my experiences.
0: Ah, well, I can't wait to get into it. So Belle, why don't we get started by you talking about what what is it that you used to do for work, if you were describing what your profession was or used to be, and what do you do now or how do you do it?
1: I guess my career hasn't changed or shifted that much mm-hmm. because I was – I guess the thing is that I've jumped into business full-time. That's the the main difference, but it was such a long process to get to this point. Okay. So I'm an art therapist and I've worked with young people living with cancer, Um, And in paediatric palliative care. And during that last seven years, I had my business sort of accidentally happened on the sideline. And then I suddenly, um, people just started wanting to see me. So it sort of just naturally occurred, but I was working in a fairly highly emotive field at the same time as running a business on the side. It was sort of like this hobby or just to fill in um, the rest of my time because I was part-time employed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it sort of started accidentally but sort of a bit of a necessity to, to fill the gap.
0: Right. So what, what is it that you were, uh, you, so you were employed to do a job and then you had this accidental side business. Yes. What was the, what was the employed job that you had? So it was working with terminally ill children Mm -hmm. and
1: their families and into bereavement. So it was such rewarding, amazing, incredible work. Mm. But it took its toll, um, and there was just time to move on um, at about two years ago. Um,
0: So I loved that work, and it was. What sort of thing were you doing with them? So I was doing art therapy. So I worked
1: with a a child who was dying, um, their siblings and their parents. And so I did lots of group work. And the great thing about art therapy is, particularly with things you don't want to talk about or that are really hard to talk about, the art and the process that I take them through really helps them express what's happening. So it's not oh. far, like I'm an art therapist now, um, so it's it's still doing the same thing. It's just a different focus that I have now. Yeah, right.
0: Uh, I have so many questions. Uh, <laughs> so, firstly, it sounds like, well, it's clear from how you described it that the work that you were doing w- was very rewarding. But I also imagine that it would be quite emotionally draining. Is that fair to say, or is that me projecting what I think it would be like for me?
1: Um, I guess the thing is, as a therapist, you're dealing with emotion all the time, mm-hmm. and there was, uh, what I like to call it is is beautiful, agonisingly <laughs> emotional. Um, you know, there was so much beauty and rawness and coming back to what life is about uh, that that was very beautiful in such an agonising environment as such as a child dying. Yeah. Um, so. The great thing was uh, we had to look after ourselves a lot more, you know, being aware of your self-care practices and things with it um, and trying to balance life um, around it as well. So that, um, yeah, that was actually probably one of the key times where I learnt that my self-care was really important so I could be better for my clients.
0: Right. I think that's a lesson that um, a lot of us, continue to need to learn about the importance of self-care. I have to admit, I go through phases where perhaps I'm not as good with those choices as I would benefit from being, but that sounds like it was a good um, benefit. Yeah, and I think
1: one of the things with self-care is it's about that self-awareness and recognising your own signs. So I, in my business now, do lots of wellness programs in organisations, and one of the questions that I ask is, how are you and how do you know because we all have signs and symbols and, you know, little indicators that we could easily ignore uh, that tell us that we might not be going okay or we're heading towards um, a bit of stress, burnout, you know, all of those types of things. So I have to ask myself that question constantly And then make a choice about what I do with that. Mm. And, you know, last Tuesday, even as a therapist and we talk about this stuff all the time, it's about us practicing what we preach as well. So, last Tuesday, I just decided to clear. I wasn't feeling on top of the world and just cleared the day um, because I could. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so that I could just have a lay on the couch, not have to be anything to any one sort of day um, and felt completely refreshed for the next day. So I was so glad that I did that. Amazing.
0: But
1: yeah, it's that stuff that um, we're constantly working on that.
0: <laughs> yes, and that it is something that's a continual practice. It's not something that you kind of just tick that box. Oh, yeah, I did that, you know, two weeks ago. I shouldn't have to be thinking about it now. It's an yeah, ongoing thing. So you're working part-time as an art therapist in that way and then you had this accidental side business uh, of doing it for yourself rather than in an employed capacity. So what was the trigger for you? Was there a trigger or was it a gradual shift that sort of moved you into doing it as a business?
1: I think um, I had a really critical incident um, in my work where I saved one of my clients life not one of the palliative patients but a family member Mm. and there was a lot of trauma around that for me Mm -hmm. and it was a real turning point as far as what does this mean for my life and I need to look after myself so I had a bit of post-traumatic stress and I still integrate that into my life at the moment Mm -hmm. so I think I was struggling a little bit and probably didn't realize as that I was struggling as much as I thought I was. Yeah. (laughs) I was just sort of going through the motions and just felt a bit foggy and all over the place. And I was still loving my work and the stuff that I did with my clients. But some of the admin and the structures around my work, I, yeah, didn't really enjoy anymore. Like it was just sort of this weird feeling. Um, And one day my boss, we were just having our normal monthly meeting And she must have just asked me in the right way or she just went, and, you know, how are you doing? And I I unexpectedly just went, I think I'm done. And I resigned.
0: (laughs) On the spot. That one conversation. I was just like, yeah, it was just, I mean, it
1: wasn't just a flippant decision, but I didn't know I was going to be doing it that day. (laughs) It was sort of just a a thought. I had this little voice in my head going, you know, there's something else, take the leap, jump, you know, you can do this, you'll be supported, trust yourself. You know, I had all those messages and it was almost like they were shouting at me by this stage because I wasn't listening. And, yeah, I just, it was just this moment of, okay, I've just decided that I'm jumping in full time.
0: Wowzers.
1: Yeah, so I walked out of that meeting and thinking, oh, my God, what did I just do? But it felt right. Do you know those – I don't know whether you've ever had those moments in your life where you're like, this makes no logical sense, but I know it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and in that moment, it just was, this is what I need to do.
0: Yeah, amazing. So yeah. you had given it some thought before that regular monthly meeting, but you – hadn't planned on pulling the ripcord is that right or was it just this
1: yeah no I hadn't made a decision and probably about four months before I went on a trip to um, a community at Daly River I volunteered on a, um, a camp and some of the elders one of them in particular every time she saw me she like, she just looked right into you, you know, or this understanding and this knowing. And I'd walk past her and she'd hold my hand or, you know, I was like, well, what do you see? You know, yes. like there was something very spiritual and I can't explain it about going away and doing that work for a little while. Um, and I came came back thinking, what was that? You know, there's something going on here that I can't put my finger on. Um, so I think that was the out of it being more serious Uh, but yeah I there were so many reasons not to do it you know I'm single I don't have a backup income I certainly don't have parents who can support me you know like there's so many practicalities but it was just right in that moment
0: yeah and I think when you're at that kind of a crossroads time sometimes you you do just have to trust that instinct and and know that it's okay that you don't have it all planned out. Not that you want to be irresponsible about these things, but that sometimes that's just the way that you've got to go to figure out what's next.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and I knew within myself of, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I'll just have to get another job. Yeah. Like, like that was it. But, but the rational mind, you know, it was still really scary to, to do it. Um, but then I actually didn't finish that job for 10 months.
0: Um, When you said, I'm done, it was 10 months after that.
1: Yes, because um, it was government. The position hadn't been made permanent. Um, So I held on for the art therapy profession to go, it's really important to me that this position is consolidated and, you know, government sort of, you know, can take, there's a bit of red tape and things to get through. So that finally came through and I was ready to leave. And then another colleague had left and I sort of had a lot of the information Um, so to keep things rolling um, it was still another six months um, after that time so that was actually not the best thing to do.
0: I was just going to ask you how that was because I know that for most people uh, you know they're perhaps going to be in a, a relatively senior role You know, let's say they're going to have to give at least three months' notice. For many people, giving three months' notice is a hard task to maintain a level of energy and commitment in the role when you're wanting to start to be working on and thinking about the next thing. So, I can't imagine another 10 months. Yeah definitely and it wasn't
1: the way that I wanted it but it was sort of a series of circumstances and in hindsight now that I look at it, it was that I was trying to do lots of things for other people rather than what I, my whole being was telling me to do Mm -hmm. and during that time, um, you know, For the first few months, it was fine because I had a solid client group. But then it got in that really fuzzy ground where it's like, well, we don't want to give you a long-term client because
0: you're going to be here.
1: Um, So, I wasn't getting referrals. I wasn't doing my normal workload. And being in limbo like that feels – it doesn't have much meaning and purpose with it. Even though the work I was doing was great, it just felt different. Like everyone was in this no man's land. Yeah. <laughs> like it was um, like that. And unfortunately, the person who replaced my colleague who had unexpectedly left, uh, we didn't necessarily um, see – eye to eye and mm-hmm. weren't on the same page. Yeah. So it came to a point where I could not wait to finish and that was not how I wanted to finish this No, week. no. You know, I resigned when I was in a fairly, you know, I was in a good place. I still enjoyed the work. Um, but by the end of it, I just was hanging on by a thread and yeah. couldn't wait to leave. And that's not how I wanted
0: it to be. No, and I think that what you've highlighted there is really important because sometimes uh, – even high-achieving women can still have a high dosage of people-pleasing and that when you're in that space, other people can be frustrated and they've got a problem that you've created because you've resigned. But actually it's it tends to be better in the long run for everyone to have an extraction process be clean and positive and that everyone can feel like, they are still performing at a level that they want to and that you avoid any kind of resentment kicking in on either side so even though it can sometimes feel like oh I'm helping these people out you're probably not you're not helping them and you're probably not helping yourself either
1: yeah and I couldn't uh, the thing is with my business I was still in Mm part-time this is happening on the side and I really wanted to just jump in and Uh, give things a go
0: yeah yeah so I want to jump into making that transition when you finally could do it and go okay no more part-time job I've just got the business which has up until that point been a side gig yes how was that transition to going into that essentially as your full-time focus what did you find fun and easy what were the challenges
1: yeah so It was quite an interesting thing because the day after I left my paid job, I did a two-day training in my business and it went amazing. It was like, yep, we're jumping in, we're doing this. This is great. And I was starting to implement things and I just loved that sense of freedom. But what actually also happened at the same time was that my mental health really suffered Uh because I had space for it. Yes. So the stuff that I had – avoided for two years or were just going through the motions with, um, you know, I really crashed and burned yeah. at one point and I needed that as well. Yeah. So, a trip to the doctors that I was going to get a blood test turned into getting a mental health plan and really going, you know, you need to focus on you for a little while. Yeah. Um, so, I spent about six months doing that but also working at the same time and I was very fortunate. Um, I subcontracted to another um, organization, yeah, and that sort of was enough income just to let me, you know, get through that time. And I was still doing the dreaming and the planning, but to be honest, I was still in a bit of a fog. Yeah, um, and and now that's lifted. It's great. Um, so it's you know, there's ups and downs as every business owner would know that not every day is sunshine and rainbows. (laughs) And hearts
0: and unicorns. Yeah.
1: But the thing that I really like about it is that sense of flexibility. Yeah. That I sometimes work best at 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, I don't see clients at that time. But, (laughs) uh, you know, like I can work my week or my days around how I am and when I'm my best yes Um, so yeah that's something that I really love and also I'm a really creative thinker so I really love that whole aspect of innovating and seeing new ways of doing things and and the possibilities and potential and I think the business really gives you that opportunity as well
0: yeah fantastic and look I think that is definitely one of the gifts of working for yourself creating your own business is that ability to create a certain degree of flexibility around your working rhythms and times to suit how you work best. Uh, There are also challenges. What were some of the the business-related challenges that you faced when you were first starting out? I think one of the
1: biggest things that it's taken me a little while to get used to is cash flow. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when you have a regular wage, you know, every fortnight you, you know you can pay rent and you do these things and it all works around that. But that whole thing of just because you've done the work or put a proposal in or whatever happens, it doesn't mean you actually have the money in your bank just yet. Yes. Um, That was one of the challenges that it was like, this is really bizarre. (laughs) I've done the work, but I I don't – like, there's a process to go through. So it took me a little while just to sort of get used to that and how to navigate my income Mm -hmm. and what was (laughs) available to me. Yes. Yeah, so that's taken a little while. But I think also I work in a co-working space and Mm -hmm. that's been really good from the point of view of having other people around.
0: Yeah.
1: Sometimes it can feel really isolating. But where I subcontract one or two days a week, I really appreciated that team, feeling part of a team because I know that's what I would have really missed um, as well. Yeah, and look,
0: that's a really common one in this this interview series. Um, I've had a lot of people say that not necessarily – straight away but fairly quickly in the transition into working for themselves after being part of a team the isolation starts to you know really show up and in a way that people are not necessarily expecting and so I think it is an important one so I think it's great that you tapped into the co-working space did you do that straight away or was that something you got into afterwards
1: I already had my rooms um, I still have them there. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, you already yeah,
0: working. So I had a part-time sort of
1: space that I use when I see clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, I was there a lot more and um, tapping into the people. But also um, finding people who have businesses, you know, I've got quite a few friends now who I associate with who, you know, it's really good because they get that, yeah. you know, that feeling of I can't do it today or yeah. this is too much or I'm worried about where's my next income coming from Yeah. What?
0: You know, these are, I, don't know why I
1: market that and I'm over-putting myself out there all the time, <laughs> yes. all the stuff that comes with it. <laughs>
0: yes, and the thing is that um, we don't all necessarily naturally just have a lot of entrepreneurs or business owners in our personal lives and so sometimes you do have to be creating that network in, in, a, in different ways. Did you have people around you in your life, friends or family, that were business owners?
1: I think more and more business owners became my friends. There was a there was a, a common ground. Yeah, there. um I grew up uh, on a farm in country South Australia and mm-hmm. you know farming is a bit of a tough gig. It's 24/7. Yeah. You, know, you literally live at work. And you work from sun up to sun down. So it's taken me a little while to break some of that cycle as well, that I don't need to be working all the time Yeah, and it's actually okay to have a day off occasionally and all of those things um, as well. So people, you know, my family are very supportive um, but I don't think they necessarily understand um, the ups and downs and the roller coaster that you go on sometimes. Yeah, compared
0: to people perhaps who are your new friends, your adopted family um, at the co-working space who do, when you say, I'm trying to figure out this opt-in or whatever marketing strategy you're working on and you know that they actually know what you're talking about and they've been through it themselves or they can really uh, empathise with you. There is something that's powerful, I think, in having that kind of a connection uh, group around you. So it's good that you've found those people. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, the
1: the field I work in, you know, is about taking the mask off and being very real and expressing what's happening in your life. So, to be able to do that with people who understand and get it is is incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, awesome. And so is there anything that you, other than the co-working space, that you sort out support-wise or, or training-wise? You have basically brought the same sort of... Uh, experience and qualification that you were employed to do into your business but outside of the delivery of the work were there any other things that you needed to get support on yes so
1: I'm a great art therapist and love that zone but business is like another language in some ways yes. <laughs> it's like oh I didn't know I don't know what a P&L is you know yes. like, it's like okay profit and loss I know that now but it's like trying to tap into different coaches, different people with different knowledge to mm-hmm. me and and learning that aspect. I am a bit of a a learning I love learning, but some things are not my strength. You know, I'm a creative, so numbers are not necessarily my thing that I really enjoy, but it's about trying to understand it and work out what do I outsource? Yeah. How do I get help with this, you know, Technology is something that um, can be a barrier for me. Um, so how do I get a VA to do that bit for me yeah than spend five hours and get frustrated and, and not know how to do it? Yes. Um, so I think business coaching has actually been a really powerful way to move forward mm-hmm. but it, I'm also, it needs to be the right person as well. Yes. I was
0: going to ask you about what kind of approach you took when you were you know, looking for a coach, uh, because there's a lot of people out there that would say, Yes, I'm a business coach. And there's lots of different types of things that people can specialize in or be good at. And that may or may not be what you need for where you're at right now. And I've had lots of different coaches to support me. And I am a coach myself. And some people think it's funny that because I'm a coach, why do I need a coach? And it's like, no, even more so, I need a coach. Um, yeah, to definitely. demonstrate the fact that businesses grow faster and better in the direction you want to go when you've got that external perspective. But not all of the coaches I've worked with in the past would I necessarily use again now because of where I'm at and what I'm working towards. But how did you go about working out what you needed and how to find the right support?
1: I think for me... Sometimes it's about a match of personality mm-hmm. and what they bring. Yep. Um, you know, I'm I'm a very real, authentic person and it's very important to me that I have someone who um, will listen yes. and talk about what I actually need and what I'm struggling with Yeah. rather than I know what you need and just giving me a framework and a let's power forward and do that. Yeah. And I actually had someone who helped me um, – do some, you know, auto-generated, get a sales funnel. I mean, I, I cringe now that I think about it. And <laughs> we got to the point where I was about to implement everything and I just pulled the pin. I right. was like, no, this is not me. Yeah. Um, I'm not the person who's going to um, push you and use all this really powerful language or, you know, let tap into your weaknesses, and let's. Um, it felt manipulative to me, yes. and it's mm-hmm. not the way I work, mm-hmm. and it didn't align with my values. Yeah, and so that's the thing I think that is really important is someone who's going to align with your values. And for me, it's re- it was really important to have someone who understood um, the psychology around things, as well as the implementation. Yeah. Um, so different people bring different things. Yep. So For instance, at the moment. One of my business coaches, um, she works a hundred miles an hour, and sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming. But <laughs> yep. I know that I go there with a problem, and we do it on the spot. Yeah. So it's like a get shit done sort of session. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. Like, um, where other people will be just let's talk more strategically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got someone at the moment helping with uh, my vision. Yes. And it's brilliant because it's it's someone from a completely different perspective who can see things differently and will just ask those questions for you to come up with it yourself. Yeah. And that's a really important part for me, um, that it needs to have my flavour and me in it. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's
0: so good and it shows really great self-awareness that you've actually gone through that path of figuring out what's important to you. In fact, I only just got off a call before talking to you with someone who was ringing about uh, getting some coaching with me and uh, I had that conversation about making sure that she was really clear about what she was looking to achieve. Of course, you know, I I know a bit about her and her business and I'd love to work with her. And it's important that, you know, she works out what she needs and what's going to be the right match for her because there's different types of coaching for different types of purposes and they all potentially have value, but it's about working out what's right for you and the the right way uh, that you like to work. I also have worked with um, you know a coach in particular that comes to mind who um, was very good and very uh, experienced but wasn 't a great listener and yes. it was interesting. there were certain functional things that were fantastic that I got from that program of working with that person, but there was a whole piece that I realized was missing for me that was as important as expertise
1: yeah definitely and and I relate it to the experience of seeing a therapist because I am one and you know that not everyone is the right person for you Mm -hmm. Um, and don't box everyone into the same category because at certain points in your life you will need certain things Um, and the same goes for business and you know I've done so much personal development it's ridiculous but having a business has actually probably highlighted a lot of personal things that I've needed to work through um, it certainly has a way to push your buttons but it's great to have someone to support you in that and it will
0: be di- you need different things at different times from different people. Yeah, I love the yeah. fact you're saying that business um, pushes your buttons. It so does.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's like, oh, here's that thing you haven't looked at again. So.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. But, but I guess what are some of the things that you're loving about working full-time in your own business now? Apart
1: from the flexibility, and you know, sometimes it's not—it's not as flexible as I would like <laughs> it to be. You know, there's still that those moments of you know, you just got to push through sometimes, and you've got this is a really busy week, and I just have to suck it up and you know, go with it. Yeah. Um. But you know, when you're in your zone and the thing you're passionate about doesn't feel like hard work anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's what. I love about it, and I've taken a lot of notice of the things that give me joy and I feel really passionate about or energized by. Mm -hmm. Um, That's been really good. But I think one of the best parts of what I do is really working with people and helping them discover what they need. Yeah. Um, You know, there's that meaning and purpose in I facilitate and hold the space for you to discover it for yourself. Yeah. So so they can break through, they get that greater sense of clarity, awareness, and really new perspectives. And I'm just the person who holds the space and the art in the art therapy is the tool that helps them get there. But there's nothing better than having a client, like I had one a couple of days ago, who we've worked through some really traumatic stuff. And childhood uh, you know, domestic violence situations, you know, they've had a really tough life. And they walked in like a completely different person. I was like, hello, what is going <laughs> Who's on? This person? I, was, I was like, do we even need to do a session? She was like, I feel great. This is, um, you know, something's opened up. I'm totally in charge. No one can talk um, over me now. I'm, you know, I'm powerful and I know that I can do whatever I want to do. And I'm just like, Wow.
0: That <laughs> just know, is, sounds magic. Oh, it was like and I'm the I got tingles all over me even talking about
1: it because it's like this is a person who's gone from having no voice to being to going I am worthy and I'm worth something and I can do this. Um, And we actually, you know, rather than going, because quite often in art therapy, we'll go to the problem,
0: Mm -hmm. we're going, okay,
1: well, how do we consolidate this? And what was actually really interesting in the session, they had made a sword and a shield, but there was one hook of a person who was still there that they didn't realise. And they were able to represent that and, you know, work through that and go, you know, that person doesn't have power over me anymore. Yeah um, by what we did. And I'm just like, that is the best. Amazing. <laughs> you know, that, that sense of I didn't do that. I held the space for that to happen and obviously asked questions and facilitated the process. And um, but she came up with that herself and worked through that. And she literally looks different. <laughs> and I'm like, that is incredible. So incredible. Um, yeah.
0: So, so can I, I just ask
1: yes. how
0: without obviously breaching any confidentiality but how does it fundamentally work in terms of if someone's uh, coming to work with you are you having like a guided conversation and they're drawing or painting or or how does the art come into it?
1: Yeah definitely so the we talk about what's happening and what they would like out of life Mm -hmm. Um, you know might be better relationship or less stressed or you know, there's lots of things, lots of possibilities. Yeah. So we represent that in the art, um, what the problem is, because you know how it's really hard to describe your feelings or you don't want to actually talk about something or there's just something there that you can't quite put your finger on? Yes. Um, that's what the art helps you to do because you can express – without finding the words and what we do then is have a look at it and you see things from a different perspective and in the art it will reflect metaphors and symbols back to you Um, and so the texture shape line color can mean something and then we work out what we do with it and that's that transition stage and that's quite often uh, letting go of something or just shifting it and changing it or, yeah, it's very hard to describe until you do it. Yeah, but right. It's, but it's super powerful and it's amazing what a few pipe cleaners and a toilet roll can do. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, so it's this thing of putting it somewhere so it can mirror something back to you and we work together through that. I'm um, just yeah. to go. what do you see? What didn't you know that's there now? And, and how do we navigate that together? So it's really powerful. Wow. And we use anything from paint, drawing, clay, um, construction. You know, there's so many different possibilities. Um, it sounds
0: absolutely fascinating and obviously is also really effective and provides some great support to people that, you know, really want to be feeling more empowered in whatever aspect of their their life so yeah, yeah amazing so if someone's listening and they want to connect with you and find out more about the work that you do where shall they go how do they connect with you so my company is
1: called ignite art therapies mm-hmm. so my website's ignite art au, yeah. and on i'm on instagram and facebook under ignite art therapies and on
0: linkedin under bell ryan okay great i will make sure to include the links to those Uh, in the show notes so people can just click on those links and find you but they can also search as you say for your um, name as well. Yeah definitely. Belle uh, it's been so great talking with you are there any other tips or insights that you think for where you are now and you have acknowledged that it it seemed like it took a long time for you to get from employee to self-employed and having your own business are there any tips that you'd like to share for someone who perhaps is in a similar situation of you know in a a job role that's not working for them anymore for whatever reason they're thinking about doing their own thing but maybe they're they're nervous any thoughts that you would have to share with someone in that situation
1: i think sometimes it's about actually sitting down with somebody and working through what's happening for you mm-hmm. so and you know i had that inkling for a long time and i didn't take notice of it but Something happened that made me take notice of it. And I think that's the thing is um, that sometimes our rational mind and all of the reasons why we wouldn't move uh, take over.
0: Um, But there's
1: something within us that's calling um, you to do something. And sometimes, I'm not to say go flippantly and just quit everything and then. Um, you know <laughs> jump in and get yourself into trouble because there are some practicalities that need to be taken into consideration but yeah. it is that thing of is there a transition you don't it doesn't always have to be all or nothing
0: agree and yeah yeah
1: it's like that I'm just I think we get to an age where what we would put up with Actually, turning 40 is a significant age. Mm-hmm. I, my friends are so sick of me saying it. It's like, see, when you turn 40, each, your perspective changes and, and the things that you were carrying around with you, you no longer want to. You know, you don't want to be as stressed and overworked and you want better relationships and you want all of these things. Um, and so it's taking notice of what you actually want. Yeah. And not just putting up with... Um, things because it's easy and it seems more practical
0: yes and it's familiar and it might be painful or uncomfortable or annoying but at least you kind of know what it is so you just sort of settle in that space but I I think you know it's such good advice around you know looking at what you actually want and giving yourself the time and space to do that uh, I think is a really important and valuable gift to give yourself
1: yeah definitely and I think the thing is if you take notice of it early on and start processing that then it doesn't get to crisis point yeah I see so many people in my rooms um who it has and you know I've been in that situation myself where it has got to it's all too much and I'm so burnt out and I'm so over it yet um there was probably lots of warning signs along the way and so it's about okay let's process this in whatever way it is and and see what I need in that and what's what's my question <laughs> that i'm asking and how do i answer that for myself
0: yeah yeah great insights and hopefully someone's listening who's perhaps had that little inkling themselves that they're about something different for the next phase and you know that maybe it's time for some self reflection or to be connecting with with someone externally that can help give you and bring you that clarity that you can create for yourself so great yeah, tips and-
1: Yeah, and I think it is that thing of just listening to your own inner voice as well of what you need and want.
0: Yes, that often we've spent many, many years, you know, blocking or ignoring and focusing on other people's priorities and uh, other roads, I guess, that career trajectory. Um, But it gets to a point, doesn't it, where you just kind of go, well, we spend so much of our time and energy working. Don't you want it to be something that really you care about and that you feel is making a difference and is creating the sort of lifestyle and health that you want to enjoy. Um, Yeah. Maybe that's definitely my view, but I think, you know, I would love to encourage many people to consider that their work life doesn't have to be a grind yeah definitely our wellness
1: is actually the most important part and it's the old oxygen mask analogy yes look after yourself first and then you can look after others you know that's that's something that um is really really important and I think um that yeah don't dismiss your own needs and wants and your own wellness
0: Mm. for any longer
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's nothing like just being in the zone and being, doing what you love and having meaning and purpose and um, you know, feeling motivated about life. It's it's awesome.
0: Yeah, agree. And you prompted for me or reminded me when you're talking about our, our wellness, our well-being being the most important thing. Um, there's a, the definition of true well-being is the contented state of feeling happy, healthy and prosperous. And so yeah. for me, I like yeah, I would loved it too when I found that because for me, being happy includes you doing something in your work life that actually is meaningful, that does contribute to you feeling like you're adding value and you're feeling happy in how you're showing up in the world. Healthy includes that level of self-awareness around self-care and mental health and physical health that's you know the whole of healthy and prosperous is around the financial side of things and how you can be savvy enough to understand the numbers that you need to know and to not be making crazy risks but also to not be holding back for fear around the financial side of things as well so for me that's the trifecta of the three parts of the the whole human being that i like to work with
1: Yeah, I like that trifecta. That's a good one. Yes, yes,
0: we all love that. Well, Belle, thank you so much again for spending some time with us and sharing your insights around your road to working for yourself. I love the sound of the work that you are doing and I'm excited for you to continue to go down that path and I'll make sure I include those links so people can connect and and find out more about you from there.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That's it for another episode of the Transit Lounge podcast. But before you go, I just want to tell you about a great new free resource. If you are early in your business and you want to make sure that you're focusing on the right things at the right time to make sure that your business is profitable as quickly as possible, then you want to go and grab a brand new ebook that I have created, which is called The Top Four Priority Focus Areas for a Profitable First Year in Business. In this ebook, I have compiled experience and insights from my over five years in business, as well as from more than 40 interviews with successful women in business and conversations with other women in business that are in my network. And I have summarized all that experience into the top four areas that you need to focus on so you can really create a business that delivers the kind of income and lifestyle that you're looking for. You can get that ebook for free at thetransitlounge.com forward slash top four i'll be sure to put the link to that into the show notes to make it easy for you to get so go get it have a read then come and join the private facebook group and tell me which one of the four areas do you think you would benefit from more help with i'll look out for your comment in the group have a great week